Uh, we're continuing on in our reading in uh, Acts chapter 8. And so we left off with um, the death and the uh, martyrdom of Stephen. And uh, when he was being uh, killed, uh, it's an introduction as, as Stephen, this man full of the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, you know, of re- great reputation, uh, is proclaiming the gospel and his life being taken. Uh, that's when you get the introduction of Saul, uh, who later we know as Apostle Paul. And so we'll start from verse 1. Now Saul approved of putting Stephen to death, and on that day great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except for the apostles. Some devout men buried Stephen and mourned loudly for him, but Saul began ravaging the church, entering house after house, and he would drag away men and women and put them in prison. Therefore those who had been scattered went through uh, places preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began proclaiming the Christ to them. The crowds were paying attention with one mind to what was being said by Philip as they heard and saw the signs which he was performing. <clears throat> For in the case of many who had, who had unclean spirits, they were coming out of them, shouting with a loud voice. And many who had been paralyzed or limped or on, on crutches were healed. So there was much rejoicing in the city. Now a man named Simon had previously been practicing magic in the city and astonishing the people of Samaria claiming to be someone great. And all the people from small to great were paying attention to him, saying, This man is the power of God that is called great. And they were paying attention to him because for a long time he had astounded them with his magic arts. But when they believed Philip as he was preaching the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were being baptized. Now even Simon himself believed, and after being baptized, he continued on with Philip, And as he observed signs and great miracles taking place, he was repeatedly amazed. Now when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they would receive the Holy Spirit, for he had not yet fallen upon any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they began laying their hands on them, and they were receiving the Holy Spirit. Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give this authority to me as well, so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you, because you thought you could acquire the gift of God with money. You have no part of the share in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. Therefore repent of this wickedness of yours, and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intention of your heart will be forgiven you. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bondage of unrighteousness. But Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me yourselves, so that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, a couple things I want to draw to our attention this morning. Um, you know, Holy Spirit pours out on the church. Uh, it's an incredible birth of a movement. Um, uh, 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 you know, revival starts to happen. You know, thousands upon thousands of people are being added to the church, and uh, like a chapter later, there's persecution. <laughs> it's 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 you know, I, I was reading this, and it just you know, it's a quite a short-lived uh, revival, right? I mean, this incredible move of God, this incredible revival, 
And then right at the heel ends of that comes immediate persecution. Right? And, and that's something that we see in the church all the time. Every season, like every month, I, I, you know, you yourself have gone through it. You've heard others share with you or ask you for prayer. Pastor Sam, I don't get it. I'm like seriously seeking God with all my heart. I'm like dedicated and devoted. I, I've made this conscious decision. I've, I've decided in my heart that I'm going to lay everything down and pursue after Him. And then right off the heel ends of that commitment, right off the heel ends of that encounter, I mean, it has to be the move of God for you to respond in that way in the first place. And then it's like, but Pastor Sam, but I don't understand. Why are all these bad things happening to me? Right? You hear it time and time again. Right? It, 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 you know, you, you, people are constantly asking for I'm seeking God more, and I thought that things would get better. But why are things getting worse? Right? Have you guys gone through that? I, I, all of us have gone through that. Right? And it's not, it's not uncommon. Right? The, the work of God, the Spirit of God, the birth of His you know, infant church. He's so protective over it. And just like that, off the heel ends, the enemy has a counterattack. And, and uh, uh, you know, this, this revival, this huge gathering and excitement is, is actually quite short-lived. And the next thing you know, it says in chapter 8 that everyone was scattered, except for the apostles. Um, two, two things I want you to observe. One is uh, persecution uh, actually helps to grow the church. Okay? Persecution actually, uh, uh, it, 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 there's something about persecution that sifts out uh, you know, the, 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 the outliers or the viewers and really solidifies uh, uh, you know, the followers and the committed. There's something about it. I mean, there's revival uh, there's, you know, you know the, the, the largest church in the world is probably in China, underground. And there's just something about when a person has to, you know, before they make a decision, or even as they're making a decision, like, man, am I, am I serious about this? Like, this, this could cost me everything. And they have to delegate, they have to process that in their hearts, and then they make a commitment. If they say, if they're coming, they're already saying, I got, I got skin in the game. Versus a culture or a context where, well, I'll check it out. You know, if it's convenient, if it fits my schedule. And, and, and so, you know, there's something about persecution that causes someone to count the cost. And then by their very presence, it's already understood that, that they're in. Um, secondly, uh, you know, when there's persecution, you know, imagine like a, a fire. God is, is, is starting this fire and... and uh, you know, if it's, it's, if it's a fire on oil, right? You know, the Holy Spirit is anointing oil. It's just, you know, imagine that imagery. And you try to put it out with water, what happens, right? You, you, you know not to do that, right? If, if, it's a, if it's an oil fire and you try to splash water on it, what happens? It doesn't put it out. It just spreads it out, right? The oil will just, you know, disperse. And so, the, you know, Satan is trying to put this fire out. But as he puts water on it, all it does is scatter. And so all the people scatter and, and the fire goes with them. And wherever they go... Uh, of the gospel and the kingdom goes with them. Um, remember, uh, uh, you know, Jesus gave the command for them to wait in Jerusalem and, and that I would give you the Holy Spirit. 
And then he says, you'll be my witnesses to uh, Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. Uh, but it takes, I think it's a, it's a year or two. They're actually just staying in Jerusalem. They didn't follow the command to, to go out. And so this persecution comes, and then they're, they're, they're you know, I, I mean, not, not year from this time. Uh, but there's that point where Peter has that vision on the rooftop uh, about, about eating, uh, you know, all foods and, and being deemed clean again. And that's why you and I can eat bacon. Right? Hallelujah. Right? And, um, you know, that's when he goes out to Cornelius' house and then the gospel spreads. We'll get to that a little bit later. Um, but in this persecution, uh, it says that Saul starts going house to house. House to house. Uh, it's, it's really significant. If you've, if you've never, if you've, if you've just kind of glanced over it before. Uh, in one aspect, in one aspect, um, Jerusalem, sorry, or Israel, uh, you know, this is not new to them. A movement of God, and then a persecution or an oppression, and then having to take their faith that was congregational and exciting, and then saying, okay, well, I better just focus in my home. This, this is not new to them. I, I mean, I was thinking about this context and, you know, the Exodus, uh, uh, where, where God delivers Israel uh, from Egypt and the Pharaoh. And, 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 I'm, and I'm certain they had no rights. You know, they were slaves. They had no rights to meet or congregate. Um, and, and so, you know, a lot of their faith, you know, I was just thinking, how, you know, how are they so... Uh, Connected? How are they so united? How, how is it that a whole people in one evening could gather all the things that they needed and, and coordinate a movement of a whole nation out of a slave camp, you know, and follow Moses? You know, there, there had to be these, you know, structures. There had to be these communication channels. There had to be elders and leadership. You know, there had to be something happening in the homes, right? You know, how is it that, that the people of Israel could, one, you know, such mass communication in such a short period of time, you know, put, you know, the lamb of the blood on your doorpost and then you'll be, you know, uh, saved or, or protected. And then on the next day, we're all going to coordinate together, you know, take only what you need. Uh, and at the same time, how can all the people of Israel have that type of faith? You know, how, you know it, 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 so it's not the image of they were distant from God, they were far away from God in their persecution. And then all of a sudden someone says, hey, let's go. God is calling us. God? Who's God? You know, their faith was vibrant in their homes even though they didn't have the right to meet and congregate and, and worship and sacrifice, right? Their faith, so this is not new to them. This is like, this is like uh, you know, it's not their first rodeo. They, they, they've done this before. Man, we got to take our faith back into our homes. We, we got to focus where it matters most. And so no matter the temple service is shut down, no matter the large congregations are, 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 are cut off, uh, uh, you know, Saul, even Saul recognized that if you wanted to get to the church, even Saul recognized that if you wanted to, you know, if you had any chance at cutting this movement of God, you had to go to house to house. Now think about that, the, the significance of that, the importance of how much value there is about people coming in homes together, gathering in homes together in small groups. There's something uh, about the move of God in the homes that's unstoppable. You cut out two houses and, and a handful of leaders. You cut out five houses and a handful of leaders. That's okay. There's 10 other houses. There's 20 other houses. There's 50 other homes and leaders. Right? You couldn't, you couldn't possibly cut them all off. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, in, in, a, in, a, in a worldly sense, 
you know, I don't know if this is a great illustration, but even in a worldly sense, non-spiritual, non-biblical, non-relationship with God, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, terrorist cell groups and things like that. Even, even, even they know it's hard to take out a leadership because you cut one head off, then another one opens. And so this movement of underground and, and, and being in small groups, it's, it's, it's unstoppable. Um, and this, is, this, is, this has always been the design of God. You know, the scriptures tells us that the disciples were meeting, uh, that the church was meeting in the temples, but also meeting in homes, breaking bread, going over the apostles' teachings. Church, that's, that's our house church, right? It is so vital. I, I, I cannot uh, uh, impress upon your hearts enough that the, that the growth and the encountering of God uh, primarily uh, or equally will happen in your house churches, right? You hear a message on Sunday, it moves you. Right? There, uh, you know, have you ever heard this thing, uh, 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 you know, the, the, the path to hell is uh, paved with good intentions? Right? There, are, there are very well, you know, good intended people. Right? You know, uh, uh, I'm sure there are people who were moved by the Spirit, convicted to tears on a Sunday sermon, and then walked away and never gave their life to the Lord. Do you guys hear what I'm saying? Right? I'm sure there are people who heard a message, hit them, moved to tears, experienced God, and then walked away and never gave their lives to the Lord. It it happens. Right? It's in the house church when you start talking about what what is God doing in your life? You know, what are you struggling about? And, you know, in a a pulpit or in a speaking engagement, and it's not to diminish the the impact. We certainly have an impact, and, and, and those who are seeking and things, but. You know, when we come together, that's how you grow. That's how you stretch. How do you practice grace? You, you ask God for more grace. Lord, I'm so impatient. I'm so ungrace. Uh, you know, I, I have so, such a lack of grace. I'm so judged. Lord, give me more grace. Give me more patient. patience. Patience. God's not just going to... It's not like just something He just gives you and, you and you just walk around with it. If you ask for more grace and more patience, then you have to be in a community of 8 to 12 people where when someone tests you or presses you, you then get to practice this very thing that you asked for. How would you grow unless you were with other people who, who, who are stretching and growing with you? It's in the house church that we, that we practice and live out these things. Um, and so for Israel, uh, uh, you know, it was vital. This, this house culture, this, this house meeting, this house worship. Um, and even though it was scattered, the church continued to grow uh, so much so. Uh, I want to talk about this guy, Simon. Um, you know, he was a, a magician, uh, you know, magic arts or, or dark arts or whatever you want to call it. I absolutely believe he had some type of spiritual, supernatural power, but it was not of God. It was demonically influenced. There, there's a huge attraction to this stuff. I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with it. And I'm not just talking about like other past religions and faiths that, you know, maybe you came from a different tradition or faith before you came to Christianity. And then you have to renounce that, right? You're not just accepting Jesus on top of all your other faith systems, right? And so one of the things that we have to remind people of baptism is you're not just saying yes to Jesus, right? And then, and then what often happens if I, if I, if I don't communicate that clearly, clearly they're, they're accepting Jesus, they're getting baptized into the house, but if I don't say this key point, you're not just accepting Jesus, you're also renouncing your past belief systems, right? Because if you don't say that, then all it is is I'm following Jesus, but I am also have my, all my other beliefs and systems and practices. And sometimes these practices and habits and, you know, even some of you guys may be doing things as a child that you never really even, even kind of subscribe to, but it's just kind of natural or belief systems in your home. 
uh, uh, you know, for good luck or lucky charms or, or you know, favor, you don't even realize it because you never renounced it. You never, you never acknowledged it. Um, and so, so I'm not, I'm not talking about just other religions or faiths, but this is like straight up, like, like a, 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 you know, sorcery and things like that. And you know, uh, media entertainment has a huge fascination with this stuff. I mean, there's so many shows and, and, and TVs and books written about magic, about, about you know, wizardry and, and, and all those things. And, and, and a lot of those things are right. You know, the tarot, you know, uh, card reading, uh, palm reading, all, all those things. Uh, th- there is a medium. There is a means. Um, but it's not of Jesus. So this guy is practicing these things. Uh, uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it, instead of uh, 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 the, the you know, power of the Spirit and God, it's, he calls it the power of of God and, and, and they, you know, it's called the great. Um, and so people are attracted, people are drawn, you know, people high and low of all, of all, you know, places of influence. Um, he sees Simon and, and, uh, uh, Philip, or sorry, Peter and Philip, or he sees Philip and he sees him healing people, people being delivered from unclean spirits. And so he, he recognizes something. He recognizes that there's a greater power. You know, he recognizes maybe there's a purity or, or maybe he, he, he sensed you know, a presence in God that, that he hadn't sensed before. He was attracted. He, he, gets, he follows. He gets baptized. He starts following them around. Um, and then he sees them laying hands on people and people receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. And then when he sees that, something, something manifests. You know, I, I don't know if it was there the whole time, but kind of concealed, right? So it's almost like there's something deep in his heart. Outwardly, there's this attraction and draw. And outwardly, he commits and follows and he, and he goes through the motions and he, and he gets baptized and he believes. Uh, but then it's, it's weird. There's this moment where the manifestation or the revelation of God comes to help and heal someone and all of a sudden something manifests something takes traction in his heart and uh, you know whether it's an appeal of power whether it's an appeal of authority uh, um, you know whether it's a demon that was you know slayed but then came back you know not dealt with I don't know what's going on here but something happens and I mean he, he just literally manifests and barfs out words of nonsense you know and, and he puts like a monetary value to the work and move of God. Um, I, I don't know what's going on in him, but, but uh, uh, you know, Philip calls it out. What is he saying? He says, um, you know, you have, you know your, your silver will perish with you. He says, uh, you thought you could acquire it with money. Uh, you have no part. But he, he calls him out specifically. He says, the intentions of your heart... Um, this is what he says. He says, For I see that you are in the, in the gall of bitterness. That's what he says. You're just like swimming in bitterness and in the, in the bondage of unrighteousness. And so, um, you know, it manifests uh, his intents, his heart, his motive is, is somehow exposed. Right? And, and, I, and I, you know, it's awful. It's, it's terrible. But, but I think it's, um, I think it's okay. What do I mean by that? You know, we all, as we pursue God, you know, as we're on this journey together, uh, as we're in house church together, guys, listen, okay, if you, you know, uh, a little bit of marriage advice, okay, for those, you know, for those who are married and those who want to get married, right, uh, dating is fantastic, 
right? Man, good food and you always got your best foot forward and you're always looking good, right? Uh, uh, you know, wedding day is fantastic too, right? Honeymoon, even better, right? Uh, and then about uh, maybe a couple months, a few months after that, you get into the real daily grind. Um, I don't know. You, 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 can't, you can't really put up your act forever. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I don't mean that in a bad, I guess I, I, it sounds bad, but I don't mean that in a bad, I, you know. Eventually the real you comes out is what I'm saying, right? Whether that's six months later, whether that's two year, one year later, eventually your default dispositions and the things you really think in some way, you know, form or shape will manifest. And, and that's okay. That's okay. Nobody ever said, you know, we were perfect. Um, but when these things happen, then, you know, and they're going to happen. And same thing in church, right? We come to church, welcome, hey, I'm so glad you're here. And, you know, church is so, you know, if it was just Sunday, it's so awesome, right? If it was just Sundays, oh man, so good to see you. How was your week? Hey, let's, go, let's go grab a meal and, oh, so fun. And then, and then you get the house church and, and, and that's also great. And then, and then after a year, you get to know and then, and then things come out and things are said and things... But these are all opportunities for us to recognize the areas in our lives that are in disalignment. These are, the, the church is, the house church is made so that we can carry one another's burdens. The house church is made so that we can say, you know, in, 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 in the heart of, of marriage or covenant, that I'm committed to you. That, that I'm committed to seeing you become the person that God has envisioned you to be. We're, I'm not there yet. You're not there yet. Right? And so when, I, when you see my shortcomings, will you cover me? And in love, will you correct me? And when I see your shortcomings, will you give me permission to cover you and, and, and then to communicate and, 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 and you know, bring these things to light you know, one-on-one in love? And then together we can grow. Right? It's not about concealing. It's not about you know, being the perfect Christian. You know, coming together is about, you know, just like in marriage, in this covenant, it's like, man, I, you know, I have a lot of issues. But I love you, and I, and I want to I walk with you, you know, for my life. And, I, and, and we're going to help each other grow. And so some of us may, may have to reboot, or, or you know, the, the reboot button, or reset our, our perceptions about marriage. Some of us might have to reset and reboot our perceptions about church and house church, right? It's not about, you know, perfect Christians coming together and, and putting themselves on display, right? The whole point of the church is to come together, transformation, experiencing of God, and then to be sent out. Uh, there's this book, uh, uh, you know, Salt, uh, uh, oh man, uh, uh, I think it was Salt Shaker. And, and the whole imagery, I've shared this before, you know, church is, is like a salt uh, uh, container, and, and salt is the people of God. And the church was never meant to be a place where all the salt just collects. It's not just to be a Christian club where, where, where Christians come together. It's a salt shaker. All the Christians come together and then you're supposed to shake it and spread it all over the world for preservation and, and for witness and for light. And so that, that's the purpose. And so even in persecution, even in, in the attacks, you know, uh, uh, we come, we grow, we're healed, and then we're spread out. And uh, that's, that's the purpose and that's the intent of God's kingdom. Um, our hearts, our intents, our motives... You know, when these things manifest, church, there's no judgment, right? But they will manifest. I think it's the elasticity and, and the testimony of the church that even though we make mistakes, even though we hurt one another, that we can still bounce back and receive one another and love one another. You don't see that 
You don't see that in worldly institutions. You get a chance, you get two chances, you get three and then you're out, right? You have a probation period where you, you get your act together and if you don't come in alignment, you're out, right? But in, but in the church, it's, it's a covenant, it's a commitment. Um, this, this, is, this is the intent and desire of God. Let's bow our heads this morning. Just spend a few moments this morning. And uh, just allow the Lord to highlight in your heart, you know, where in the past year, you know, did the did, did things about yourself that you didn't like, right? All of us have them. All of us have them. Things about yourself that you didn't like. Things about yourself that you would have liked to have concealed. Things about yourself that you wish people didn't know or even, even think about or, or even if they don't know or drawn attention to. And I just want to encourage you, each of you, all of you, you know, uh, don't, don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. Don't be embarrassed. Jesus is not ashamed of you. Jesus is not embarrassed of you. At the same time, then ask the Lord, why? Why, why do I feel this way? You know, why, why did I respond in this way? Lord, what, what, what do I need to do? Uh, Simon recognizes that the ugliest part of his life was exposed. And then Peter, or sorry, Philip, Peter, it was actually Peter who says, uh, repent. Right? Get your heart right with God. And so oftentimes these things that manifest are the things that we struggle with with God and that we haven't yet given to Him. And so when it manifests, then we're hurt. We're hurt, at, you know, we're upset at God, we're upset at ourselves, and then we're upset at how, you know, we're, we're viewed. But I just want to invite you this morning to lay that before the Lord. It's in your brokenness, church. It's in your brokenness that you can minister to other broken people. Just think about that for a second. There's someone who's struggling with an impossible, difficult struggle. And they can't come to you because they feel like, you know, you've got it all together. Right? But if, we could, if they could see, if they could know that, no, I, I'm also broken. I, I also went through those things. And in our deepest brokenness, we're able to minister and to serve the brokenness of others. In Jesus' death and brokenness, He's able to speak and relate into our own fear of death and brokenness. And that's why we can approach Jesus. That's why we feel like He understands us. Because He went to the cross. Because He was broken. Because He, he, you know, he went through death. Right? And so whatever you're struggling, whatever the enemy is you know, attacking our minds with, man, okay, so what? We're broken. Man, God healed me. God raised me up. And that's my testimony. And I'm telling you, if God can do that in my life, He can do that in your life. If God can take me from this broken state, from the, from the, you know, the rocks, 
and, and raise me up again and, and, and I can stand here before you and tell you that he is good. I can stand here before you and tell you, don't give up, man. You know, God is so faithful. I, you know, I was going to give up, but then God gave me a second chance. And I'm standing here. And if I can stand here and testify that before you, then so can you. Don't give up. And so, Father, we're, we're not ashamed of our brokenness. We're, we are, that's why you came. God, the, the stripes on your back, you know, the, 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 the condemnation and the sins that you bore, is so that I could stand here and say that I'm free and, and, and that I'm healed. And so, Jesus, we just thank you for that, God. We thank you that every single person here, Father, has been redeemed, has been healed, God. And, and, and our brokenness, you know, things in the past, God, we, in, in some regard, we, 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 it's, it's a testimony. You know, pride in the sense that we've been redeemed from that. And God, that you can use that for your kingdom. And so, Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.